the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Do you ever feel like you just don't have what it takes? That's okay, though, because when it seems like it's too much for you, it's never too much for God. In fact, sometimes this is even part of His plan. If we could handle every difficult situation on our own, not only would we likely take the credit, but we would miss out on a very important lesson. When I'm weak, He is strong. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9-10, Paul says this, But God said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. For when I'm weak, then I am strong. When the odds are stacked against you and you feel helpless, it doesn't mean that God's abandoned you. And actually, it's another opportunity to experience His resurrection power. So trust in His strength instead of your own. Watch Him work things out, even when you can't. A great man once said this. He said, The weaker we feel, the harder we lean. The harder we lean, the stronger we grow. For more, go to gracechurchva.org. And as always, live big. Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. Thank you for tuning in to the Live Big broadcast with Bishop Derek Greer. God's Word is powerful and full of life. It opens your eyes to how big God is and how big life in Him can be. So we pray that today's teaching compels you to grow and live a life bigger than yourself. Remember, you can listen to this message and more for free at gracechurchva.org. Let's join Bishop Greer as we continue the teaching from our previous broadcast. He says, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of what my hands. This is why we need leaders in our lives. Uh, Peter, I'm sorry, Paul laid hands on Timothy. And when he laid hands on Timothy, power was released there. There's anointing. And um, this is why, you know, we even have breakthrough services. I don't always know what's happening when when I lay hands on people. But God knows. And, And the Bible actually calls the laying on of hands one of our foundational doctrines in the book of Hebrews. I believe it's chapter four or so. And uh, things are imparted through the laying on of hands of uh, freedom, liberty, uh, power, uh, special faith and uh, all, all those types of, uh, of things. So, you know, uh, I'm sure Timothy had various talents and I'm sure you do, too. But they're also special gifts that were God specially. I mean, he just specially. He releases his power, so he supernaturally enables us to do more than what we can do. See, I I know when I'm just talking, but I also know when the Holy Spirit is helping me speak. I know when I'm just singing. I know when the Holy Spirit is helping me sing. I know when I'm just, you know, engaged in making a decision. But I also know when God's really dropped something in my heart and it was much more than my uh, personal ability. And, And the gift of God is not just talent. The gift of God is a supernatural enablement to do more than you could ever naturally 
uh, do. But what I want you to notice here is Timothy did not need a new gift. He did not say, Timothy, I want you to pray that God uh, pours out his spirit from heaven. Timothy, I want you I, I want you to go pray that uh, uh, God uh, gives you a, a new gift. Uh, that was not what, what happened here. He just said, Timothy, I need you to stir up what you already have. Ninety percent of the time, we don't really need uh, anything new. We just need to better handle, better manage what we already have. So Timothy already had what it took, but he had to stir up what he had. And many of us, it's kind of a cop out. We got to pay attention to the way we're thinking. We say, well, I can't. And and there's some truth to that. No, you can't in your own strength. You can't. But you say that as if God has not given you ability that comes from him to do what you need to do. Yes, you can. But Christ in you, the hope of glory. And he has put in you whatever it takes to get through your particular day. Every now and then you reach a point where it's like, Lord, you know what? I don't even think that you've ever given me what it took or what it takes to get through this moment. And with that, God might do something new. But 90 percent of the time, typically we already have everything it takes. But even if you look at that just from a biblical perspective, we already have the Holy Spirit. Nothing takes more than the Holy Spirit. You with me? You don't need a new Holy Spirit. You already have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. So if the Holy Spirit is with you, you already have everything you need that pertains to life and godliness. He's already with you and in you and and he wants to operate through you. So it's not about, you know, I don't know why some people, they get stuck on, Lord, pour out your spirit on us again. And there's a place, and please understand, there's a place for Reinfilling of the Holy Spirit. In fact, I hope God fills me daily, if you will, with, with, with a fresh Holy Spirit. But I'm not saying I need a new one. And that's sometimes the thinking when we sing some of the songs we sing. It's like I need a different Holy Spirit. No, the Holy Spirit in you is more than enough. His grace is sufficient. You already have everything you need to get through the situation you're in. You just need to tap into the power that you already had. He said, stir up the gift. That is within you through the laying on of my hands. I know for me, often the way I stir up the gifts in me is through praying in the spirit. I will pray in tongues and I'll hear things and I'll, I'll know things and, and it just stirs up my gift. I, I can't quite explain it. I, I've watched others. They play the piano and, and then they'll, they'll, they'll begin to prophesy and it just stirs up their gifts. Others, you know, you just you just sit under the word and that begins to stir up the gifts in you. You get answers to your parenting problems. You get answers to to, you know, things that you want to you have to deal with on a job or maybe even get a business idea. So there's different ways to stir up our gifts. But he's his sign. Timothy said, man, you need to stir it up. You need to get as hot as you once were at, at other points in your life. And then he goes on in verse seven. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. Now, we've talked about this, you know, uh, in the past, some some years ago. I think we spent quite a bit of time really, really pulling apart these verses. But what I want you to see is that Timothy didn't really seem to have the same level of personal confidence as, as Timothy and probably a lot of other ministers at his time. I'm not sure if he was afraid of rejection, afraid of confrontation. I, I don't know if he was uh, afraid of suffering. I'm, I'm not really sure what was going on in Timothy's mind and heart. But what what Paul needed to make sure Timothy understood was that all the anxiety, all the uh, unease, the worry, the nervousness, 
all that he was experiencing, all that torment, really, uh, in his mind wasn't coming from God. And if we know it's not from God, we need to get rid of it. So the first thing he does is discern Timothy. He said, Timothy, all that fear you're dealing with is not God. It is of the devil. That's basically the implication. It's of the flesh, the devil, the world. And Timothy is going to eat you alive if you keep flowing with it. He says, for God, Timothy, has not given you this cowering, timid spirit. God's not behind all this personal anxiety, all this personal, again, unease, this worry that you are going through day after day. So, Timothy, why are you accepting it as if it's from God? Take authority over it. Yes, we will all have times where we face worry and all the rest. And, and don't become legalistic about this. The moment you feel worry, uh, you, you start condemning yourself. You, you're defeated twice. You're defeated by the worry and then you're defeated by the condemnation. Sometimes it's a process where, you know, something hits you that, that's horrible and, and your mind wants to go nuts. And it takes a minute to possess your mind. It takes a minute uh, to really hear God and, and to, to, to really take hold of the word the way you ought in, in that situation. So please do not add condemnation on top of, of the feeling that's trying to come on you. But at the same time, do not accept it as if it's God's will. Do not accept it as if it's normal. Do not accept it like this is supposed to be your life. Somehow this is your inheritance. No, this is not the way God designed you to live. Everything about, uh, you know, prolonged stress and, and unease and worry uh, kills us early. And, 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 and the wages of sin is what? Death. And, and Jesus came that we might have life. So if we're operating in this intense worry, this intense uh, cycle of, of unease and, and despair, um, it's the opposite of life. And you know the spirit behind it. It is not God. And you need to stand up to it and say no. God has not given it. God did not make you that way. God, I know some of our personalities may be a little bit different than others, but God did not design any of us to be in a place of constant fear, constant worry, constant upset, constant anxiety. God did not do that. The devil's done that. The devil is trying to do that, but not God. God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but what does God give us? Power. Now that goes back to Sunday's message. God expected Timothy to walk in boldness. And this is this 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 is God's word to you is, yeah, you, 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 you know, you, you still believe the things you believe, but you're not as bold as you once were. And he's saying fan into a flame the gift of God. Timothy, you need to operate with boldness. The devil is a bully. He doesn't understand. Nice. And sometimes the only way to get him out of your life is to put your foot down and become bold. I'm not talking about becoming rude. I'm not talking about being obnoxious. I'm talking about being bold. And Timothy had backed up from his boldness. Just like many of you. You're not bold in your faith anymore. Uh, you're scared of what people are going to think, what people are going to say and all the rest. But they don't have a heaven or hell to put you in. You need to be bold in your faith. He's saying God did not make you that way, Timothy. It's not the wisdom of God that's made you back up from certain truths in, in, in the gospel, Timothy. That's not my spirit. He's saying God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of what? Power. Now, that word is dunamis. And most people, they'll liken the term dunamis to dynamite, which is absolutely true, explosive power. But dynamite was invented, I think, in the 1800s or so. Uh, back then, there was no concept of, of, of dynamite. But, but the, the word dunamis to, to the first century hearer um, spoke of the power of an army. 
And what he was saying to Timothy is you need to speak as if there is an army standing behind you. And that's the way even Jesus went to the cross. He said, listen, Pilate, um, listen, I, I could call 12 legions of angels. You know, man, I, you know, if I, if I really wanted to fight, if I really didn't want to go to this cross, I know how to handle my stuff in my situation. I could call 12 legions of angels. And I think 6,000 uh, soldiers to a legion, six times 12. I'm embarrassed myself. Maybe that's 72,000. I think uh, uh, people, I mean, angels that could have uh, uh, intervened and stopped the cross. And we know just one angel defeated an army of hundreds of thousands of people. So imagine that number of angels at Christ's disposal. And what he was saying is, Timothy, you need to speak like like there, 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 there's an army behind you, like there's a kingdom behind you, like there's a God behind you. And God's saying to you, you need to speak to that situation like there's a God behind you, like there's an army of angels behind you, like there's some truth behind you, like, like there's a real God in the universe paying attention to what you do or what you do not do. He says, for God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but God's given you power. But you have to stand up. You have to uh, be, be willing to be bold and and take the risk, have some courage and you have to stand. Really, it's, it's, it's talking about faith. Have faith and believe that God's with you and stop being so mealy mouth. Stop being so timid. Stop whispering things you need to to shout. Stop um, kind of saying on the side things you need to say uh, boldly looking someone in the eye. He's saying God's given you, Timothy, a spirit of power, not that craven spirit, not that running spirit, not not that I'm afraid of my own shadow spirit, not not that. Well, if, if anyone, you know, hurts my feelings, I'm, I'm going to get out of here as quick as possible because I can't handle it. No, a spirit of Power as if there is an actual army behind you, with you, supporting you and fighting for you. God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of what power? Now, did you know? And actually, I've been kind of saying this. Boldness is an expression of faith. Now, some people confuse boldness with arrogance. That's not what I'm talking about. But when you watch the disciples and watch Jesus, you know, read the book of Acts and the way they dealt with demons and, and sickness and, and disease, confusion and, and, and sin and, and all the rest was very, very boldly. Why? Because faith makes you bold. If you really believe it, you will have confidence in it. And if you have confidence in it, it will be demonstrated in how you say, what you say, how you live, what you live. So uh, what, what I want to say to you is boldness also unlocks the supernatural power of God. Why? Because we receive everything by faith. And when, when you step in and you become bold about, again, not obnoxious, not talking about, I have to say this because in some segment we, uh, folks will hear me wrong. I'm not talking about being rude. I'm talking about being Bold, being assured, being confident in the things you said. And, and listen, you better start acting like a king's kid because the, 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 the devil, he, he, man, he, he will he, he will he will take he'll eat your lunch and pop the bag. The, the devil will steal everything in your life of value and chew you up and spit you out if you don't know who you are. And uh, you, you got to become bold. 
Kings are bold. Princes are bold. Princesses are bold. When you belong to God, a, 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 something that you, people should see in our character is a boldness, a transparency, a realness, a legitimate uh, authority in the things we say. I, not not uncertain. I'm not, you know, some things we, we are uncertain, though, because we don't know everything. But the things we know, we need to be bold about, sure about and strong in. But of power and of what? Love. By the way, did you know that love is a weapon? I think you, you do know that. But love not only protects our heart, love has a way of turning our enemies into friends. So Timothy's problem was probably in some places it was love, love, love. And Paul had to put power first. He said, Paul, with you, boldness needs to be a focus. So let, let's start with power. And then let, let's continue to love because you need to love. And, and you don't want a person with power that doesn't have love. You don't want a person with boldness who's not loving. We speak the truth in what? Love. Power and love, Timothy. But let's get them in the right order because, Timothy, you need to be strong against the wolves. You need to be strong against those vultures that circle your head and try to consume your soul. You need to be able to speak back with a firm and certain voice. But of power and love. And then lastly, he says, and of a sound mind. The language there is literally a delivered mind or a saved mind. And he's saying that our inheritance is not fear, it's not panic, it's not worry, it's not upset. It's a delivered mentality. Mind, nuance, it, 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 it represents a whole frame of thinking. And uh, sometimes the devil tries to steal my frame of thinking. The devil tries to steal your frame of thinking and tries to reframe it with fear, anxiety and all the rest. But no, God wants us to have a sound, a healthy, delivered way of thinking, a a not 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 panic, not not worry, not illogical uh, jump to crazy conclusions, things that, that don't make sense in light of God's word. He wants us to have a sound mind. Some translation call it a uh, self-discipline or self-control. And basically, when you're in a situation where you want to panic, uh, you do want to possess your mind. You want to have some control over your mind and, and not let your mind run away with you to crazy places and make you do crazy things. And the only way we could possess our minds is if, if we have the word of God in our hearts, protecting and, and guarding our minds in Christ uh, Jesus. He said power, love and what a sound mind. Now, here's the question. Are you operating with a sound mind or are you just operating uh, based on, you know, what, what the media is saying, operating on, you know, what some of the newest trends are. I mean, do you are you really operating based on what and are your thoughts really governed by what God's word says? And I find with, with a lot of people, not you, of course, probably the person you know lives next door to you. But, um, you know, um, that they're good with God until somebody disagrees, that they believe the word until there's a little bit of opposition. And uh, we, we want to be of sound minds like, well, you know, you can oppose me if you want to. Uh, but but let God be true and every man a liar. Um, you know, you, you, you can disagree with what I'm saying if you want to. Uh, but I know uh, uh, where my help comes from. I, I know what God's word says. And that's sound thinking. That's a sound mind. That's not panicking because someone disagrees. It's, it's recognizing that, hey, you know what? Uh, uh, my mind has been delivered. And by the way, the, the way it is in Greek, it's not really that God's going to deliver your mind. It's that he already has. 
And how has he? The Bible said um, thy word is truth, but it also says his truth shall set us free. And when we have God's word in our minds, that's why we're in the word all the time. Because it helps guard your heart and your mind. And when you get out of the word, you find yourself more susceptible uh, to, to some of the craziness uh, going on around us. But I've learned to discipline myself every day with the word of God. And, and typically it's not just a duty, you know, me reading the word. I, I enjoy reading it, uh, but I need it just so I can act right. <laughs> because if I don't if I don't read it, I'm not going to act right. Uh, I need the word to, to, to protect my mind and, and to guard my mind. But let me give you an example before we go tonight of... Uh, what a sound mind uh, looks like here. We're going to go to Luke chapter eight and verse 34. And then, then I'm done for the evening. When those who fed them saw what had happened, talking about the pigs that were just ran off a cliff, uh, they fled and told it in the city and in the country. Then they went out to see what had happened and came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had departed. Now, this is referring to the madman of Gadara. And uh, we've taught on that uh, before Jesus cast it out a a legion of, of at least a legion of, of demons out of him. But, you know, he called himself legion, but le- demons are liars. So I don't know what's true. But I just know there was a whole bunch of uh, demons and it was enough to cause a whole herd of pigs to, to, to go out. And that's why I'm not, you know, trying to hear what the devil has to say so much because they're lying when they speak. But with, with that said, um, uh, they found that that crazy man. This man was so demon possessed, no one passed that way. They tried to put him in chains. They, they, they had animal uh, catchers actually come out there to try to hunt him down and, and tame this guy. Nothing worked. This guy was absolutely deranged. He came running out at, at Jesus. And before, when he got to Jesus, actually, he bowed down. Um, and, and, and the power of, of Christ uh, defeated the demons that, that were in him. But what, what it says here, let, let's finish reading the, the uh, passage. And they found the man from whom the demons had departing, sitting at Jesus' feet, or at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. Pretty much the same term that's translated sound mind in uh, Timothy. Um, This man was at peace. And part of sitting, the the fruit of sitting at at Jesus' feet, or the result of sitting at Jesus' feet, will be a right mind. And if we are really at Jesus' feet, I'm not talking about playing. I'm talking about praying. I'm not talking about, uh, you know, kind of uh, just kind of memorizing a verse. But I mean, really trying to get the word of God in your heart and, and creating environments and, and coming to Bible study, by the way, where you can learn God's word for yourself. When you sit at the feet of Jesus, you will be clothed in your right mind. And um you know, when when I feel crazy, when when I, I feel like doing something wrong, I know it's like, man, I got to get back to Jesus. I got I got I got to pull away, get some time alone, alone with the Lord. And uh, with that, I know I can get back to some normalcy in my, in my thinking. So that this right mind that, that God wants us to be in is, is the opposite of the, the, the rage, the terror, the, the, the horror that was in the life of that man. Uh, before he was sitting at the feet of Jesus. God wants each of us to sit at the feet of Jesus, and he wants us in our right mind to continue to learn and to grow. Stop panicking. Stop worrying. Um, things around us might even get worse. Uh, sometimes they, they might, then they might get better. And I mean, I don't know. I really don't care. Um, all I know is if God be for me, who could be against me? I, I know that God's on the inside of me. I'm going to make the best of whatever circumstance comes. 
And as best as possible, I'm going to find out how to be happy and joyous in the middle of whatever it is. And it won't always be bad. Everything that happened in Jesus' ministry was not bad. It wasn't always uh People yelling at him and all the rest. At times, he had huge crowds and and people loved him uh, before they killed him. Uh, but with that, um, what what we want to take away today is you may not be able to control your circumstances, but you can control your thinking. And we want to have a sound mind. Timothy needed to understand that. Listen, Timothy. I know you might have a bent toward not wanting to confront, toward uh, not wanting to deal with rejection, toward. Uh, uh, you know, not wanting to suffer. But Timothy, I need you to possess your soul. I need you to think this through. I need you to think calmly and rationally and do the will of God for your life. And you have the power to make the right decision in your life. He gave us power, love, and a sound mind. And uh, those things are our inheritance in Jesus Christ. This has been Live Big with Bishop Derek Greer, the radio broadcast ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live a life bigger than yourself today. Access this message and much more for free at gracechurchva.org. We also invite you to join the Grace Church family for worship online every Sunday and Wednesday on social media at gracechurchva or on our website at gracechurchva.org. That's our time for today. Until next time, remember, live big. Do you ever feel like you just don't have what it takes? That's okay, though, because when it seems like it's too much for you, it's never too much for God. In fact, sometimes this is even part of His plan. If we could handle every difficult situation on our own, not only would we likely take the credit, but we would miss out on a very important lesson. When I'm weak, He is strong. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9-10, Paul says this, But God said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. For when I'm weak, then I am strong. When the odds are stacked against you and you feel helpless, it doesn't mean that God's abandoned you. And actually, it's another opportunity to experience his resurrection power. So trust in his strength instead of your own. Watch him work things out even when you can't. A great man once said this. He said, the weaker we feel, the harder we lean. The harder we lean, the stronger we grow. For more, go to gracechurchva.org. And as always, live big.